I thought I'd share that with you tonight. But John chapter 6, uh, we've been studying the miracles of Jesus. In this text, we've been talking about, or we had begun to talk about the feeding of the 5,000. And so we're going to look here in these couple verses and, and just kind of give a, a couple thoughts along the way. John chapter 6 and verse number 1. And after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is in Tiberias, is the Sea of Tiberias, I'm sorry. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. It's amazing that people followed Jesus like they did when they saw a miracle. As we've said before, and uh, the Jews needed a sign. And the Jews saw a sign, they flocked to Jesus there were many times that Jesus was surrounded by multitudes, and it still, in my mind, in my mind, it still begs the question of how that same multitude uh, praised Jesus and walked him. Uh, what is that? The uh, the on Palm Sunday that they did the parade for Jesus, and just the very next week they would take Jesus and crucify him. It's hard to imagine that multitude making a change. This is the same type of multitude that they followed Jesus wherever he went and saw these miracles take place. Verse number three, and Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples and a Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company coming to him. And he saith unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Jesus was concerned that they needed to have a bite to eat. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew that he would what he would do. I love that. Jesus already knew what he was going to do, but he just wanted to ask Philip, "What? Hey, what's you going? What are we going? Where are we going to come up with the money to buy this bread?" Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little." And one of his disciples, Andrew. Simon Peter's brother saith unto him, uh, one of my favorite stories here in the New Testament is this story. Verse number nine, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So as we make our way through this story, and we'll get into the message in just a minute, but just by way of introduction, as we make our way through here, uh, we see some, I, in my opinion, we see not necessarily doubt, but a questioning by Philip, uh, uh, 200 penny worth is not enough. It's not enough to buy bread for all these people. There are 5,000 people here to feed them. I mean, <laughs> in my mind, it's hard to fathom 5,000 people to feed. If you fed the, uh, we had, what, we have like 35 folks in church this morning. Even if we, even if either one of us went out to eat tonight and we all paid on one ticket, uh, do you know how much money that would cost? Quite a bit, especially now because everything keeps going up. And so if we, if we went all out and we, and we bought what we wanted to have and ate what we wanted to eat, it would cost a lot of money and uh, it would be a pretty chunk of change. And so Philip, uh, he says, uh, man, 200 penny worth, that's a lot of money. How are we going to feed all these people with that much money? It wouldn't be sufficient. But it's interesting to me that Andrew, which is Simon Peter's brother, he says, oh, wait a minute, guys. He said, why are you worried about money? I've got a little guy here that's got some food with him. Now, that's two different mindsets. We have a mindset of Philip who says, well, we don't have enough money. And then we have a mindset of Andrew that says, 
well, I've got a lad here. What kind of mindset do we have? And a lot of times we find ourselves with the mindset of Philip to say, well, we ain't got no money, man. It ain't going to happen. And then we have Philip or Andrew who comes in and says, wait a minute, guys. We got a little lad. What did the lad have? Five loaves and two fishes, enough to fill the little lad up. Now, I don't know how big the loaves were and how big the fish were, but, uh, but if it was sufficient enough for a little lad, what would it be sufficient for a grown-up? Be more than that. Brother Terry, how much would he need to eat? More than that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have to have 10 loaves and four fishes. I don't know. That's a lot. Of, that, to me, that's a lot, a lot. Maybe it was biscuits or something. I don't know how big the loaves were. And I don't know if it was just necessarily for one meal that he came prepared for either. But I just think about that. I think about this, the two different attitudes of, of Philip and Andrew. And, and then I also think about this lad who was just willing simply to give of his lunch. You know, nowhere in the scripture does it show that Andrew twisted that little boy's arm and said, get yourself to Jesus and tell him you've got some fish. Nowhere in the story do you see that Andrew is coercing this little the kid to take his lunch to Jesus. This little lad, this little lad willingly gave of his lunch to Jesus so that Jesus could feed somebody with it. You know, many times in our own personal life, we are not willing to give so others can get. We like to get rather than to give. Then I understand that. I like to get. Don't you? But at the same token, in the same breath, we ought to be willing to give so that others can get. And it's, it's, it's this little lad who decided that he was going to give so that others could get. There's some things about this little lad that are interesting. He gave not knowing what was going to come of his lunch. Have you ever given something and had no idea what would come in return? <laughs> Every time you put money in the offering plate, right? Whoo, I'm trusting the Lord for that one. You ever had to do that before? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes tithing is easy and sometimes tithing is not. Or am I the only one that thinks that? But sometimes it's the willingness to just give it in the offering or give it, not necessarily in the offering, but just give it and let the Lord provide the way. And so the little lad, he had no idea if he was ever going to get that lunch back. He had no idea if he was even going to eat. But he was willing to give of the lunch that his mama had prepared for him. You know good and well that boy didn't go in there and fix that lunch, right? Every good woman's going to fix her husband lunch, right? <laughs> yep. Can I get a witness back there? No? <laughs> Uh-oh, no, no witness. Nah. Hang on, that don't sound good. <laughs> you can find out at lunch tomorrow. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I guess I'll be fixing lunch tomorrow. But anyways, 
You know, I mean, he, this boy had prepared, I don't know I, I, whether he prepared it or his mama prepared it, regardless, but he had prepared this lunch to take with him to eat on, and he willingly gave it to Jesus, not knowing whether what was going to happen to him. Not only did this young man give, <coughs> he gave his lunch not knowing what would happen to it, but he also gave it all. He didn't keep a biscuit for himself and a fish for himself. He gave all of it. Sometimes in life, we need to be willing to just give all to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, let you handle it. You know, and I'm not talking about financially, but just in general, just in general, we need to give it to the Lord and allow him to take care of it. Allow him to take care of the problem, allow him to take care of the issue. But this little lad, he did that. But I do see some skepticism in, in Andrew because he says at the end of verse number nine, he says there's five loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? If I was to drop five loaves and two fishes out here in the front and say, all right, first come, first serve, there'd be somebody who ain't eating. <laughs> and it's just a handful of us tonight, right? <laughs> so what are you saying, Brother Alfred? You would have took all five loaves and two fishes with you? <laughs> you know, when you, uh, you know, you go to a, uh, you go to a, a church, bef- a church uh, dinner and you see that there's not a lot of food. A lot of times you might would be like, okay, let's just take a couple and, and then come back later if there's more, if there's enough. You know, but some people aren't like that. No, they fill it all up and be like, all right, I'm getting all of this. You, you guys got to fend for yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got here first. And uh, first come, first serve. But you think about that, I mean, what, what, what is that going to do? It's just a drop in a bucket to, to feed all these people. But I love Jesus' response. In verse number 10, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Set them down. He didn't even respond to the question, what are they among so many? He said, set the men down. And now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down in a number of about 5,000. So there were 5,000 men. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. Verse number 12, now look at this. I love this part. He says in verse number 12, he says, when they were filled. You ever been to a buffet before? <laughs> Brother Alfred, you ever been to a buffet? When you walk out, are you filled? I'm filled. You're filled. You ever walk out of a buffet and not be filled? No. Can you imagine? 5,000 men sat down on the grass and the Lord distributed. He blessed it and then he distributed and distributed. And they were filled from the five loaves and two fishes. How did that take place? Because the Lord blessed it. 
The Lord blessed the miracle. The Lord looked at those fishes and looked at those loaves of bread and said it was sufficient and said it was enough and said it was enough to feed everybody. He prayed over, he blessed it, and he began to give to his disciples and his disciples began to distribute that to the 5,000 and they were filled. See, I think there's a couple applications here that we can use. One is when we go to the Lord for sufficiency, he'll always be enough. He'll always be enough. Because when they went to the Lord for food and they needed that food, he'll always be enough. Physically, and he'll always be enough spiritually. When you're down and you're in the dumps and you don't know what to do and you have no idea what's going on, who's going to fill you? Who's going to help you? Who's going to encourage you? Who's going to strengthen you? It's the Lord. He's the one that's going to fill you. He's the one that's going to help you when you're, that, when you're in that place. Just like he did with these men. He filled them. He filled them physically. I understand that. It wasn't a spiritual fulfillment there. But if you truly want true spiritual fulfillment, you'll only find that in the Lord. You'll only find that in the Lord. We see that Jesus, he blessed it. He blessed it. Number one, he blessed it. And because of his blessing, they were filled. And then lastly, number two, and I'm done, is that he had fragments that remained. In verse number 12, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments and rem- that remain that nothing be lost. Now, how are there fragments? Did he not bring five loaves and two fishes to the market that day or to the, to the deal that day? Then how were there fragments? How was there anything left over? Because when we give to the Lord, he'll take what we have and make it more than we could ever begin to imagine. That's why it's important to give. Because when you give, he'll make it enough. When you give, and and, and that goes to financially, helping someone, doing something, giving towards others. It's not just financially, but just in general. When we give like God has intended for us to give, he'll make do. He'll make it sufficient for us. He'll sustain us. Gather up the fragments that remain. Now, in verse number 13, how, much fra- how many fragments were left? In verse 13, the Bible says, Therefore they gathered them together and filled. Filled. There's that word again. He filled 12 baskets with fragments of the five lowly barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. So, in my mind, I see it. Let's just... I don't know. This is uh, my mind. And again, this is just Trenton's imagination, okay? So Jesus has 12 disciples. He took that loaf. He took that basket from the boy, that loaf of bread, that bag of lunch, and he blessed it, and he gave a basket to every disciple, okay? And those disciples 
had food in there. And those disciples took and they began to pass out the food. I don't know how he broke it. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he, I'm just, my imagination, okay? I'm not saying this is how it was done. But in my imagination, this is how I see it being done. Each one of those disciples has a basket. And every time they reach in that basket, there's enough for the next person to get. Okay? They're done. They filled up. They're all full. You want seconds? Okay, go ahead. You want third? Okay, whatever it was to fill their belly. And when they gathered the fragments, now get, the, get all the fragments that remain. Each disciple came back with a full basket. Now, how's that possible? Because the Lord took something he blessed and gave abundantly beyond what that little boy gave. Can you imagine that little boy's response? When he, when. She's like, I'm going to start sending you to town more often. How much did that cost me? But is it not true in our life when we give to the Lord? Like the little boy. Now he'll give us abundantly above that which we could even begin to ask. Gather the fragments that remain. And they did. The miracle took place. Jesus blessed it. And he was able to gather fragments. Because of the boy being willing to give something to the Lord. So I ask you tonight, do you have something that you need to give to the Lord? Do you have something that you're hanging on to, something that you're trying to battle through, something that you're trying to do uh, that you need to give to the Lord? Maybe it's on the other side of the spectrum. You say, well, I don't give like I need to. I need to give like I'm supposed to so that, hey, I can be blessed like this little guy here. He was willing just to give of his time, of his effort, of his food, of his, uh, all that he had, and God blessed him way more. If I give unto the Lord, the Lord give back. But it won't always be the exact same. If I give $100, doesn't mean I'm going to get $100 back. It just means that the Lord's going to bless me. In Malachi chapter 3, one of the greatest scriptures, when it talks about giving, the Bible says to prove me. You're unsure about giving, unsure about putting money in the plate. The Bible says to prove me. You're not sure? Prove God. Ask God, and he'll prove you. He'll prove it to be true. He'll prove it to be true. Just like he did for this young man who willingly gave, and God blessed him. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Lord, I